Hi, my name is Peter Goldstein, and I'm founder of We Did It That Health. I so appreciate you taking time to listen to the following podcast, and I really hope that you will gain some insights, some tools, and some strategies in your mission to inspire hopeful curiosity in people you care about, people you run into through your day, because we all know how much a plant-based lifestyle can benefit everybody that we, we meet. So enjoy the podcast and please visit us at wedidit.health. Hello, everybody, and welcome. I am so excited for today's presentation and conversation, and I hope you'll enjoy it as I expect you will. Um, my name is Peter Goldstein. I'm founder and chief synergy officer with We Did It. Our vision at We Did It is to help create a healthy, happy vegan world, well-fed also. Our unique role is to empower vegan and plant-based consumers to become more effective ambassadors. Imagine as an ambassador being able to confidently open more doors and plant more seeds wherever the day takes you. Our work consists of three pillars. And pillar number one is about interpersonal communications so that we can listen better, open doors, and ignite hopeful curiosity in other people. And today's guest is uh, addressing uh, her uh, through her work uh, on this first pillar. Our second pillar then is about resource curation so that as we we inspire more people, then we can have the most appropriate resource available for, for the situation. Our third uh, component is community, so we can all be in community, support each other, and as a community, then look for those answers that have been escaping us. And, and the big question in my mind always is, how is it that being vegan or healthy with a plant-based diet, th these, these facts have been with us for, for 75 years, yet maybe one or 2% of the world is living it. So in our community, one of our objectives is to find those answers and help explore those answers. And we look forward to your participation and your contribution. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please type your questions so that we can answer them. Uh, the the uh, the conversation is going to be somewhat of a conversational uh, format, so we may be able to include your questions and answer them as we go along. Uh, please join our Facebook groups, like our Facebook page, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, We Did It That Health. If you are plan-based and you have benefited with your health and you know you're benefiting the environment and, and the world, uh, please go to wedidit.health and answer the simple one question survey. And our vision is to create the scoreboard where we can show the world that thousands and thousands of people have gotten healthier, to show the world all the animal lives we're saving, all the deforestation we're preventing. And we can do that with the scoreboard at wedidit.health. 
So with that, I'd like to tell you that our special guest today is Peg Hostarlis, and she is a New York State licensed clinical social worker and certified cognitive therapist. And Peg will tell you a lot more about her her series of certifications, including nutrition and and uh, cognitive health. Uh, so with that, I would like to bring Peg on. Uh, and there you are. Hello, Peg, and welcome to today's today's presentation. And I'm so very excited to have you. I know that you're coming from a clinical perspective. And one of the things you're going to address is something that, that has been so clear to me in that our, our, in our human needs, our six human needs, and you'll get into that, I know, is is to be of service, is contribution. And and this work is really rooted in, in the frustration we experience when we see that uh, we don't get a chance to contribute to the people we care about by getting them healthier and, and inspiring them to change their, their diet and lifestyle. So welcome, Peg. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. Um, one thing I noticed when you were talking, I was off camera, my little camera up there is kind of jiggling, so if I I might have to like go and stop it. So <laughs> I'm hoping for no technical flu, you know, things here. So fingers crossed. But hello yes. everybody. I'm so glad to be here. I thought I'd start with um before I talk about my professional introduction, I'd like to tell you my story a little bit about how I became vegan. Um I listened to everybody else because I think that's really an integral part of these too, I getting to know people here. Um, so my story started, uh, there's a, been a few pivotal moments in my life as far as my vegan journey. The first one was when my husband and I went to Farm Sanctuary, just on a whim, we wanted to go on a day trip. I don't know if you've ever been there. If you haven't, I really encourage you to go. It's in Watkins Glen. I think there's one in California too. So um, that we were in our 20s at that time. And we went to a farm sanctuary in Watkins Glen and we learned the truth about the farming industry. And so we never ate meat again from that day forward. Um, so that was the beginning. Um, and then through my 30s and beyond, I was joining animal rights groups um, on the protest line. Um, you know, I was tabling events. So really involved with that kind of service in the vegan world. Um, and then the second pivotal, mo the pivotal moment in my life was a trifecta of events. It was um, my sister died of cancer. He was 50. Um, my father had severe health problems and soon after his passing and all during that time I had turned 40. So that was um, a really difficult time. And so it moved me forward because it, it was realizing how food and disease were related. And I became at that time interested in food as preventative medicine. And so that was a pivotal time and another level of growth in my vegan journey. Um, but it wasn't just for me. It was for my, my loved ones and my clients even because as I was working with my clients, I knew there had to be a food connection to mood so but i couldn't talk to them about that because 
ethically, I wasn't credentialed in that area to talk about that. So I then decided to go to Institute for Integrated Nutrition way back then. So I could at least have the conversation, open up the conversation about how food is um, integral in our moods, in my work. So I was learning so much and growing so much during that time. Um, and again, it was slowly transitioning and cleaning up my diet because for, you know, since my 20s, I was that vegan activist, right? It was all about the animals. So I didn't care. I was eating all kinds of vegan fast food and stuff for what there was back then in the early 90s. Not like today. Oh my gosh, how fun today is. Um, but more recently, as of 2021, now in my late 50s, um, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, RA. And that was the same debilitating disease my dad had. Um, so I believe in divine timing. And it was divine timing last in 2021 when I was diagnosed that Rochester Lifestyle Medicine had reached out to me and asked me to join the Jumpstart for observation. And it was divine timing because it was two months before I was diagnosed with RA and it was just what I needed to even take my level of whole food plant-based food way of eating to the next level. So that's where I am now. Um, and so it's been a long journey since 1989. So I love being here in this community with you guys that we did it, you know, just everybody's at a different level. And I love the journey of everybody else's, you know, starting fresh, old timers and everybody in between. Um, so I'm just so happy to be here in what we're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So... If you want to bring up my slide, oh, I can bring up my slideshow, right? Or do you bring up my slideshow? Uh, oh, I bring it up and here it is. Okay, cool. So now that's, so that's my vegan journey. And now this is my professional journey. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker. I'm also a certified cognitive therapist. Um, all kinds. Of, I, I'm addicted to growth. I'm addicted to learning. So I've kind of collected certifications and stuff. Um, but really, I work with um, people. My specialty is anxiety. My specialty is um, helping people overcome debilitating anxiety. I, it comes from knowing that. So I'll tell you something about the six human needs. I am a cognitive therapist because cognitive therapy is what helped me overcome debilitating anxiety. And so that took me from zero to 10, I thought. But when I learned what I'm going to teach you today, the six human needs, that took me from beyond 10 that I didn't even know existed. So that's why I love the six human needs. And it was so pivotal for me um, for how I worked with people for myself too, with anxiety challenges and other things. So um, I'm going to talk to you about that in a basic way. And Peter and I will be able to talk to you because he knows about the six human needs too. So um, hopefully it'll be a fun conversation and I'm going to go through them now. Okay. So the six human needs was created by Chloe Madonis and Tony Robbins. And there's a little bit of backstory that before I'm going to go into each one of them, but 
What you need to know first, a few things, is that we all share the same six needs. Universally human, we all share the same six needs. So it doesn't matter if you're from Texas or China. It doesn't matter if you're two or 92. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Um, we all share the same six human needs. And a really important point is they're not a matter of if our needs are getting met. They're a matter of um, how. So I'm going to introduce a little lingo as we go on to help you understand as I go through. But keep that in mind that we're all getting them met. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of how. And I love the six human needs because it answers the question why, why anybody does anything. So if you've ever wondered like, why am I doing this? Or why are they doing that? <laughs> there's This makes it so easy because there's only six reasons why anybody does anything. And that being said, it gives us a deeper understanding of people and ourselves and it removes the judgment. So we don't have to judge people or ourselves harshly. We say, why are they doing that? It brings in curiosity and a deeper level of understanding. And it really explains the choices we make in our lives, why we make the choices we do. Um, so it's a very powerful thing. I'm going to go through each one of them as we go. So let's see. All right. So first of all, there's four human needs of the personality. I'm going to go through each one, the first four. The first four are needs of the personality, and they are essential for human survival. And the last two are the needs of our spirit, and they are essential for thriving. So first, I'm going to go through the first four, and then the last two. And as I go through them, keep in mind how this pertains to you. As I go through each one, you're going to um, think about how you are getting your needs met. And by the way, that's called a vehicle. A vehicle is the way we get our needs met. It's our behaviors, a way of going about getting our needs met. And they can be either positive or negative, easy or difficult, good or bad for yourself, others, and society. So those are the hows, okay? And then the driving force is we tend to value one or two at the top. And that really explains what drives our behavior, the driving force, it's called. Um, so as I go through each one, I'm going to go through them pretty quickly, but we'll have time to chat. Um, think about how do I meet my needs? What vehicles do I use? And you're also going to think about like, other people are going to come to your mind like, oh, that sounds like my sister, right? Or now I get it. So just take some notes. Hopefully you got some pen or paper with you and you can, you know, jot down some insights you might have as we're going through this together. Uh, let's see. So the first four needs of our personality. Okay. So the first one is our need for certainty slash comfort. We all need to know that we got some foundation, right? We all need to know that we got a basic feeling of grounding in our life, right? Um, and code words for certainty and comfort might be when you hear people talk about safety, stability, having security, that all falls under this need of having certainty and comfort. And I, when I'm, when I'm working with a client, I always on the first session 
get a little backstory, you know, tell me about yourself, where are you born and raised? And so that's how I'm going to use an example to help you get an idea really of how this works. So tell me about yourself, Peter, where were you born and raised, for example? And Peter might say, well, oh, by the way, this is a fictional character. <laughs> born and raised. Oh, born and raised in Seneca Falls, um, went to Minders Academy, graduated Minders Academy, went right to work at Goals Pumps. Um, that's how my whole family did it. I mean, even the house we have has been passed down from generation to generation and we all worked at Goals Pumps. And I love that. I love that sense of tradition. Um, and I, I, I been in the same position my whole career. I retired from there and I, I had opportunities to, to challenge myself and but, you know, I kind of like to know what I'm doing and how I'm doing. I could do that job with my hands tied behind my back. I really love that level of of knowing that that level of comfort in my job. And I, you know, built myself a nice retirement fund. I got X amount of money in the bank. And in fact, if it goes below X amount of money in the bank, I get really nervous. I like to know I have this much or more. And I am the type of person that likes my routine and don't mess with my routine. I got to have my structure. <laughs> and so that is what certainty and comfort is all about. Can you hear how driven he is by certainty? He, this person is very driven by certainty and you can tell by the vehicles, the way he's getting those needs met. And maybe it sounds like somebody you know yourself who is very driven by certainty. Um, now, listen for the second. I'm going to introduce the second, and then we're going to talk about this a little bit. I'm going to introduce the second human need, which is uncertainty slash variety. It's actually the flip opposite, okay? So tell me about yourself, Peter. Where were you born and raised? Well, I was born and raised in Seneca Falls, um, went to uh, Minders Academy, graduated from Minders Academy, but I could not wait to get out of this one horse town. So I joined the service and oh my goodness, can I tell you stories? I have done some stuff. I've lived all over the world. I have jumped out of airplanes. I've been in dangerous situations. I have so many stories and so many adventures I can tell you about. Um, but that's me. You know, I, I get antsy. I'm in a job six months. I'm like, okay, what's next? Time to go. And, you know, I don't know how people, you know, watch the same movie twice. I, I can't even get through a movie once without like having to, okay, let's go to the end. But I, I tend to be a risk taker. I tend to be, um, it's probably why I don't have X amount of money in my account, my retirement account. I, you know, if somebody says, hey, I got this thing we're going to do. Are you in? Yes, I'm in. So you hear the difference. I'm using extreme examples of, I, I know, I'm using extreme examples because I want to bring this point home of what certainty is and what uncertainty is. Now, keep in mind, the first person, the one that's very certainty driven, he too is getting his need met for uncertainty just not by jumping on a planes, right? And this person here, who's very uncertainty, variety driven, they're getting their need met for a certainty, just not in the same way that Peter number one has been. So keep that in mind for yourself and, and keep that in mind as you're thinking about people that you know and people in your life. 
And how are you getting your needs met? And do you tend to be more certainty driven or do you tend to be more uncertainty driven? So any questions or comments yet, Peter, you got anything for me? Well, you know, as I'm listening to you talk about this, it's fascinating. And, and clearly we we all have a mix of the two. They're, the two are opposite and our comfort level, our joy, our lives are, what we are uniquely is what combination of the two. So how much certainty, how much uncertainty we, we can live with. And uh, then I'm wondering, you know, what, what would you say to an ambassador as as I'm looking to inspire somebody? I just I, I'm out on a hike and I run across somebody who's who's training and I'd like to to get them to be plan based. Um, what kinds of things would I would I look for, and how might I be able to use the concepts of certainty and variety uh, to uh, to talk with this person? Great question. Great question. And I want to definitely talk to um, talk about that point of how this pertains to being a great ambassador. Um, so I will get to that. I don't want to answer that question right now because it's kind of specific. But as we talk about the whole, we're definitely okay. going to, be able to understand how this all pertains to us right now being vegans and being vegan ambassadors for sure. Perfect. Um, so before I go on to number three, which one do you tend to value out of these two? Which one do you tend to be more driven? I am definitely more certainty driven. How about you? Well, myself, I, I'm cer certainly a very adventurous person. So <laughs> so for me, uh, I think we're, we're I'm more, way more driven by by uncertainty. And and I, I love adventure and I I can step into all kinds of situations feeling feeling certain that that I'm safe and I think maybe that's that's part of it is uncertainty uh, makes us feel unsafe and um, but I'm I'm very comfortable with it and and then of course certainty is is really important too I certainly see it but I think uncertainty variety adventure is is key for me in my life yes and as you know, Tony Robbins and Chloe say the more comfortable you can become with uncertainty and variety, the less stress and anxiety you're going to have, which is I have always been certainty driven, which is why I have a challenge, have a challenge with so much anxiety. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Yes. So yeah. the more comfortable we can get with uncertainty and variety, the, the, the more um, certain, the more um, less anxiety and stress we'll have. So, yeah. that's a little so I, I'm not sure if I heard this from Tony or somewhere else, but uh, I heard somebody, a teacher say that the more uncertainty you, you're comfortable living with, uh, something like the quality of our lives is proportional with the uncertainty we can live with. That's, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yes. And so for why I bring it to anxiety is because that's not a quality way of life. Yeah. Absolutely. That's beautiful that you, you were able to, to get through that. And, and I know so many people who, who do get anxious and, and probably, you know, just to be a little bit judgmental, too anxious for their own good. Um, and so, yeah, anxiety is a big thing. I've seen people be, be hindered 
or even um, impaired by anxiety, not not very functional because of their anxiety. And I love this conversation and, and I will send people your way. When I see somebody stressing too much with anxiety, I'll say, you know, I've got this really wonderful friend who can help you. <laughs> so. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So, so those are the first two needs of our personality. We got two more to go. So our third need is our need for significance. And, and again, yes, let's, let's think about veganism as a vehicle. Think about that as I'm going through these, because that's how I want to, one of the ways I want to bring all this together. Um, so we all need to feel important, needed, wanted, and special. And we can get that need met positively or negatively. And this is what I love about the six human needs. What I was saying before is that it abolishes judgment because I, you know, when I work with a lot of educators and when I talk to my teachers, I always use this examples with my teachers is when you're, when you're a teacher, like in middle school, and that's when a lot of bullying happens, right? Middle school bullying, but adults can be bullies too. Um, think about this. Why do bullies bully? It's because they feel so insignificant. So the six human needs say, why does anybody do what they do? Because you can either tear somebody down or build somebody up and it meets the same need. Because remember, it's not a matter of if we're going to get this need met. It's a matter of how. So we can either tear somebody down or build somebody up and it's meeting the same need. And so awareness is the first key. If we're aware of how we're meeting our own vehicles or our own needs with our own vehicles, we then are empowered to look at that and be aware of that. And maybe, you know, we're going to talk about this later, um, change it up a bit. So we are living at a higher level with others too. So, so there's positive and negative ways of getting this met, but there's everything in between. There's neutral ways. So, I mean, I don't, we're in the same age category, Peter, I think, as um, that movie. Uh, remember the movie um, The Breakfast Club? Do you remember that? Where uh, they, do you remember that scene? I bet there's some people watching too that remember this movie. Do you remember that scene where they were in the, in a circle and they were all going around saying what they could do? And, and they even had like stereotypical, um, you know, one was the bully, one was the bad boy, one was the princess. So that's what significance is all about. What makes you special? What makes you unique? And, you know, I think of a talent. What is your talent? Talk about veganism. How significant is that, right? How unique and special is that in and of itself? So there's all these positive ways, but there's all these neutral ways about what makes us unique and special. So that's significance. And the fourth need, how are we doing on time? The fourth need is our need for love and connection. And that is such a powerful need that it's instinctually ingrained in us for survival. I always say, you know, um, you were born and somebody loved you enough, even if it wasn't ideal, somebody loved you enough where you're still alive to tell about it. 
So this is such an instinctually ingrained for survival type need that it explains a lot of the reasons why we do what we do, why we get struck with fear, because we're social creatures and without it, we would literally die. So unconsciously, we're very hardwired for this. And it's slash, it's love slash connection because love in and of itself is very what? It's a V word. It's vulnerable. And so sometimes if we've been hurt, especially those of us who are very certainty driven, that we, you know, aren't going to take any risks, but we have to be connected. We will settle for connection. And again, I'm dating myself, but Peter, do you remember the movie with Tom Hanks? I can't remember the name of the movie. Castaway. Did you see that? Castaway? No, I don't okay. I don't think so. Yeah. There's a movie, maybe somebody watch him. He had love and connection is so important. This need has to be met that he had a soccer ball. There was nobody there. He was cast away on an island and there was no people. So he had to take a soccer ball and draw a face on it and make it into a that's how powerful love and connection is, right? We are going to find a way to get that need met one way or another. And talk about veganism for the animals. Sometimes people connect with animals more than people because they're safer, right? Sometimes people think that way about, you know, I love animals more and maybe three people. Have you ever seen that meme? <laughs> so love and connection, very much tied. Um, and so those are the first four needs of our our personality and now we're going to start getting into our needs for um the spirit and this is what what we need to feel fulfilled and the first one is growth and you notice the thing the phrase here what doesn't grow anybody peter dies what dies does absolutely yes so we are hardwired also for growth, right? We're hardwired for certainty and love and connection, but we're hardwired for growth too, because that's what we need to feel fulfilled. And without growth though, without, we can't just grow. When, you know, I'm an avid learner and I really learn that that's why I have so many sync and certifications. I'm avid learner, but if I am so certainty driven and so struck by fear and hold that all to myself, it's not helping anybody but me, right? And so we have to contribute to something greater than ourselves. And that's when we really feel fulfilled, when we're growing and contributing. And we all have our unique ways of doing that, right? This is my way. I'm a, I'm a spiritual teacher. I'm a I'm a psychotherapist. I'm, you know, th these are all my ways of doing it um, and many other ways, but we all have our unique, our unique ways of growing and contributing that lights us up. That's the key. What lights us up individually. So to, to recap really quickly, um, the, the question now becomes, you know, does it become clear to you how we can understand somebody deeply, a more deeper level with the lens? I call it a lens, right? Here's a pair of glasses, put them on. Can you see things in a different perspective with this lens on? Can you understand 
why people do what they do, can you understand how this removes judgment when you're when you have this lens on and say, why are they doing that? Ugh, they're careful people versus why are they doing that? Interesting. Well, how is that behavior meeting their need? And it just removes the judgment and it, and it provides a deeper understanding of ourselves and others and a way to communicate, completely communicate differently with this lens on than without it. And that's how this all ties into how this can operate not only in your personal life, but as a as an ambassador, as a plant-based ambassador. Um, how will this perspective change it for you? So again, just to recap really quickly, um, the first four needs are the needs of the personality. They're essential for human survival. Our last two needs are the needs of our spirit. And um, that's what we need to really touch into to grow as, as a human and contribute to feel fulfilled. A vehicle is the ways we go about getting our needs met, and that could be good for you or not. <laughs> um, and which one you're driven by tends to help you understand what the choices you've made in your life up to this point, um, how to help you understand yourself and others. Um, so that's the recap. Now, let's talk about this, something to think about. What are some of your vehicles? We're not going to have time to talk about that today, but hopefully you've been taking notes and think about this for yourself. Which two needs are your driving force? We tend to have two at the top. How will this new perspective impact you, your relationships, your dreams and goals? And how will this help you become a great grassroots ambassador? When you bring this all together, think about veganism as a whole. And how does veganism meet each one of your needs? Veganism, you know, for plant-based eating, it doesn't matter if you're vegan for the animals. If you're vegan, this is the six human needs in practice here with this. It doesn't matter if you're vegan for the animals. It doesn't matter if you're vegan for your health. It doesn't matter if you're vegan for the environment, world hunger. That With this lens on, you can see that it's all good. And there's no, there's no reason to argue about it because when you do, what need is that in a negative way? Certainty, significance, right? Connection even, but in a negative way. You see how that is clear? Yeah, that's, I, I, I love that because that's, we're driven by those needs. And if we don't have satisfying, positive ways to, need, to meet them, then, then we'll act out and, and get even more momentum on acting out until we do get those needs met. So if we need to be significant, um, I, I suppose an extreme is how much, you know, how significant is somebody who's robbing somebody at gunpoint? I mean, that, that person with the gun is incredibly significant at, in, in that moment. So that's such an extreme example of, of acting out to it in a really bad way, but it, it drives us. And, and I, I agree with you and I hear you, Peg, this, this is beautiful is we have these needs and, and our joy and our happiness is probably uh, related to how positively we can fulfill our needs and, of course, be of service. Yes. And, you know, when we're talking about growth and contribution and we're talking about 
being vegan together, no matter what you're vegan for. So how was that going to impact your conversations with people? Like, for example, if somebody um, says, I'm vegan for my health. Oh, you're vegan for the animals. You know, and they get judgy about it. It's like the animals don't care why that if you're vegan for your health, the environment doesn't care if you're vegan for the animals. It doesn't matter. It's all good. And I think the six human needs, when you look at growth and contribution in love and connection, it's, it helps you see clearly it, it's all good. So why even, why do we even have to have these arguments about it? It's all good because the animals and the environment and it, none of that, Matt, none of that cares. They don't care. They just, I imagine like a cow saying, I don't care if you're doing it for the environment, you're helping me. Right. Good. Yay. Right. Or you're doing it for your yeah. health. Yay. I need you to be healthy. The cow says, I need you to be healthy. So good. If you're doing it for your health, good, because you're helping me. It all comes back around to it's good for everybody. Good for yourself. Good for others and good for the world. And it doesn't matter how or why it's all good. Yeah. So, so I suppose if I'm talking with somebody and I can notice what makes them feel significant yes that then i i wouldn't necessarily i i it would be easier for me not to be confrontational if i see that okay if i say this then it will trigger them on their significance so maybe i need to find a more elegant elegant way or or maybe not even go there at all um so being being aware of 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 that or being aware of how somebody feels feels loved and connected so you know if you if we're talking with somebody who's who really loves animals and feels very connected with their pets then then we can acknowledge and and work with them from from the place of connecting and well, it's about making others feel significant it's about making others feel certain. It's about helping others to, you know, it's it's tapping into what they're driven by. And if you're listening with this lens, it's easy to pick up on. And so then have the empowerment to and the influence. See, it's all about influence. We have the influence to be a positive influence now because we're picking up on what what's driving them and what's important to them. So, so now I can talk to them from their point of view, from their language, right? That's the power yes. of this. It's, it's putting this lens on and listening deeply, trying to, Ooh, what makes you tick? Oh, it's there. What they're, what's important to them is I can talk like that. I can, I can join with them. I can be influential in that way. That's what it's all about. It's about joining and influencing positively versus influencing negatively. Absolutely. That's that causes that causes stress and anxiety and, and pushes people away and 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 that just that just gets us further from a, a healthy, happy, well fed vegan world. When we push people away, then then it makes it that much more difficult uh, to to get them back. And right. so, so, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. So, so if you're at the dinner table this this holiday season, right, and you're getting together with family and friends, how will this influence your conversation differently? 
let's i mean can you think of an example like um somebody brings up uh their, that they're whole food plant-based for their health and um your whole food plant-based for the the animals maybe without this lens on you would get what well well you know blah, 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 get all huffy about it and it should be for the animals and blah, blah. um instead you can say oh my god tell me more right it's great what what you know how are you what are you learning what foods are really working for you are you feel more energy it's like joining with them on it so they feel warm and welcomed you know I love, I love it yeah absolutely so coming and 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 even uh just as importantly somebody who's who's not plant-based at all and having having a conversation where we can identify what's what's significant to them and what what makes them feel significant and and then to link it so somebody somebody may say you know i really care about the environment and um and being able to then supportively lovingly with kindness come to them and start showing them uh the information or or asking the questions of 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 uh you know if they care about nature care about the rainforest care about about the air pollution care about so identifying that and then and then probably for significance acknowledging them so here i i care about the air quality well acknowledging how important it is and making them feel feel good that they are concerned about something that's important for humanity um and being supportive with, from that perspective, and then gently introducing some new information. Is, yeah, I is, mean, does that sound like a good strategy? Absolutely. And let's take a let's take a complicated, um, potentially explosive conversation. Like, for example, what as a vegan when you go to the holidays, what triggers you? For me, it's conversations about hunting. Right. And so <laughs> this triggers me um, or it can trigger me or um, what else? What else? Um, I don't know. Why can't you eat that? Or why can't you eat that? I don't I don't. That's not in my life anymore. But I know it is in some people's right where it's like, why can't you eat this? Why can't you eat that? Well, I mean, right? but for me, for a real life example is the hunting topic. So without this lens. I might be frustrated, feel angry, and maybe even break a tie, break a relationship, right? Not just cut, cut off, so I can't talk to you. But with this lens on, here's me. That's interesting. I'm thinking to myself, that's interesting. You know, that hunting is a vehicle. How is that vehicle meeting? Which needs is that vehicle meeting for him? It's meeting his need for certainty. He finds comfort in getting outside and being out in nature. Um, how is it variety? It's 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 going out and, and it's the thrill, the thrill of the hunt. Significance. I got this big rat deer, right? Significant. It's like the big prize. It's loving connection, connection with nature, connection with other hunters. Um, how is it meeting their needs for growth and contribution? Um, well, for, from their perspective, it is because 
It's good for the environment. We have to hunt. It keeps the population down, you know. And so for, for, from their perspective in the six human needs model, it really is um, meeting their needs. Okay. So I look at it like that now because it, do you see how that takes the judgment out? Completely removes the judgment. It removes the stress from me. I'm now curious. That's interesting. I'm looking at it from their perspective. That's the beauty of the six human needs. And so what do I do? I, 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 for me, I, I remove myself from the conversation. I have been known to say, Hey, you know, that, that really triggers me. Can you just, you know, while I'm here, um, just be thoughtful of not bringing up that. I know I, you know, not to judge. I'm not judging. I'm, you know, just, it triggers me. I know you don't understand that, but thanks for, Thanks for not just talking about that around me. And does that happen? Not always. <laughs> so that's when I have to be grounded in myself and not reactive, right? So the six human needs helps me with that too. So I hope that's yeah, a good example of practical use and, of that. And it certainly takes a lot of self-knowledge and a lot of uh, ability to stay grounded and not get triggered. The examples that you just used are are really, really powerful, and and they trigger so many of us, and certainly for good reason. I mean, certainly talking about hunting is is awful and 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 terrible, and uh, and I guess to, we need to be able to not get too stressed about it and, and to be able to shut it off. And certainly for us to be able to, to remove ourselves from the conversation and to be able to do it gracefully is, is probably a skill that many of us could get better at. Yes. Um, with that, when you're in that place, you are now more influential. So, so maybe that person, comes to me and say, tell me, you know, why, you know, what you have, what, what you have about hunting. I want to learn. I want to know, because for me, it's completely good for the environment and it's a good thing. So, um, and, you know, and so tell me what, what, why you think it opens the conversation, you know, if you are, you are being influential in a positive way. And right, so once we can have a conversation, then we have some hope for steering that conversation, which is really the objective here is the objective is to inspire and influence and to be able to do that, we need to be having a conversation and um, and, and and at the same time, I mean, it's it's really hurtful and and we as vegans get more and more sensitized all the time and and so it's it's extreme examples and and I think that we also need to give ourselves permission not to not to be engaged with it it's 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 gut-wrenching to think about some of these things and and to remove ourselves and to it, we're not required to to have that conversation and and we need to first of all take care of ourselves and of course we're vegan and plant-based for for taking care of ourselves and and the six human needs then coming back to that we 
by by understanding our our needs and by fulfilling our needs in positive constructive ways we are that is self-care so uh self-care is really important and we are vegan to to take care of ourselves and to take care of of the animals and all the animal suffering to take care of our health the environment to to be able to to preserve the planet for for the future generations so we're doing it all out of caring and all out of our own our own self-care too so yes yes love it yep so so i hope that i was influential <laughs> in helping <laughs> you to understand how this could work for you and really um answer some of these questions for yourself and you know what are some of your vehicles and by the way um i mean this is going more into deeper work but once you understand what your vehicles are then you can upgrade your vehicles and you can say is this vehicle you know for example uh um well since we're talking to vegans here and hopefully plant-based people here how does for me when i started out as a complete junk food vegan so how that's a vehicle that met all of my needs but as as i got more and more down the road it became a, a more high quality vehicle right and so you can have negative vehicles and positive vehicles like exercise is a positive vehicle but it might not feel good at first so you gotta you know once you do exercise over and over and over again it becomes a high quality vehicle but it might not be a high quality vehicle at first it might be like oh this hurts i don't like it but the more you do it it becomes a high quality vehicle something that's very good for you and good for um you know, but at first it might be painful. <laughs> so we talk about that on a deeper level when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with somebody, we dig into how this is personalized for you, um, how your needs are driving you. Um, and, and, and the, the implications of that, the implications of that, what are some Im negative implications of some of your vehicles? You know, when somebody comes to see me and they have an addiction, um, this is the, this is how I look at it because whatever they're addicted to alcohol, eating cigarettes, that is meeting their needs. And by the way, that's why this was so powerful for me. Emotions are um, vehicles. So that's what I mean by when I struggled with anxiety, I became a cognitive therapist because cognitive therapy took me from zero to 10, but then this took me 10 and beyond because I realized, wrap your head around this, that literally the emotion of anxiety was actually meeting my needs. And when, when one vehicle meets three or more of your needs at a very intense level, that's how we look at an addiction. So it, it is not a conscious thing. You know, it wasn't like I am you know, anxiety is meeting my needs. That was something I had to learn and be aware of. It's like, oh my God, yes. Anxiety was literally meeting my need for certainty, uncertainty, significance, love and connection. This is why I'm, this is why I'm not quite over it yet. But then when I learned that, it, everything changed for me. And when I saw it that way, it's like my emotion of anxiety was literally meeting my needs. And all emotions can do that. So, Upload, upgrade your vehicle. And the key 
focus on growth, focus on contribution, because that is the antidote to any emotion that you're struggling with, anxiety, depression. If you put your focus on emotions that you can find in growth and contribution, it will crowd out the anxiety, literally crowd it out. And that's what I learned how to do for the anxiety challenge. It works for the same with any emotion. Did you want to say something? That's beautiful. No, I, I love it, crowding it out and and because the needs will never go away. We we have those needs and that's that's the law. It's it's the law of, of the human condition. We we have those needs and then it's really a question of how is it that we're satisfying those needs and how positive or negative those those are. Um that's beautiful. So I have a comment here from Lori. She says I'm seeing how this model sheds light on how to move from being judgmental to being influential. And that certainly is, is very important, isn't it? Spot because on. Thank you for saying that because that was my hope of the main top. You know, that's why I wanted to bring this home. That right there, you said it perfectly. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. That's beautiful. And, and uh, anybody else have any questions or comments you'd like to share? We, we'd love to hear them and, um, and answer them. And uh, Peg, I think you have a couple more slides. Did you have any other slides you wanted to show? Uh, oh, just my, you're invited. If you want to connect with me, um, if you go to my website, I think that little QR code works. It goes right to my website and you can sign up for a free excerpt of my book, which tells my story of anxiety challenges and things so that's that will connect you to my um list which will connect you to my newsletter and that free excerpt book beautiful um so i see we have an, a comment here from rasan doing services in the world is a powerful way of making a contribution and can fill us and can lift us out of despair. Absolutely. That's beautiful, Rosanne. Absolutely. Love yeah, it. and that's, thank you for that. So, so Peg, and I'm curious, uh, I think, I think people who are, who, who are joining us live and people who are watching this later, they may be interested in, in some kind of a workshop on, on, uh, you know, actually if, uh, if people would like to have a worksheet and and get ready and have a have some conversations, is that is that something that that should be available to do for for our community? If the call is there, if people you know show interest in, um, I see that there was a call for that. I would be open to seeing what I could put together. Beautiful. So, so everybody. Uh, with us live or watching this recorded and i know we have a wonderful turnout on the recordings and we have people from all over the world all kinds of time zones who will be watching this and so please let us know uh we we'd love to keep this conversation going we'd love to support us and you all in upgrading how we're we're meeting our needs meeting the six human needs and that's i guess that's growth and uh and learning is and taking care of ourselves 
moving moving away from stress moving into more joy and away from the anxieties and 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 with with less anxiety and less stress we certainly can be of more even more service and and even do more contribution to make this a better world yeah. all right well um we're coming to the end of our time. I think we have a couple more minutes. If you have anything you'd like to add, Peg, um, otherwise maybe we can wrap this up. Yeah, we can wrap this up. I think the only thing I didn't, might not have said is listen for the need underneath. Listen for the need underneath. So if somebody is being um, adversarial with you on the holidays, listen for the need underneath. What? Which one of these needs could you give them in a positive way? What are they really asking for? So I find that it's typically significance. So when we make people feel important, needed, wanted, and special, it breaks that defensiveness away. So look for the need underneath. What do they, what do they want? What do they need right now that would melt, melt that away for them from them? So I think that's a really great um ending key look for the need underneath and then deliver for them yes yes well wonderful so kathy says that a workshop would be great and um so so let's let's talk about that and and let's see uh what we can do and and create a workshop and and um further further this work and further because we need to grow ourselves it's one of our human needs to grow and it's and probably for all of us a big human need that we all share is the need for contribution and and so so we get very frustrated when we're not heard when we're really trying to contribute and so part of that is on us to to become better at how we're presenting so that we can be heard and and connect with the people who who we feel might might benefit from what we say. Um, here we also have so uh, Lori is also thumbs up for a workshop. So uh, and Peg, thank you. she says thank you both uh, for a wonderful experience. Lori, you're so glad that you joined us and so glad that you you've enjoyed and and are benefiting and growing with this experience. So thank you, um, Facebook user. Look for the need and then deliver. Great advice. So, mm. yes. So, so Peg, thank you, thank you for that. And um, tell you know, if there's a way to you know, after the holiday season, if you have an experience, you know, that less stress and more joy. Woohoo! Yes, yes. If you had an experience, but you know, let me know somehow. I would love to hear if you use this during this week and next week. Well, that's a beautiful invitation to to please post something on the Facebook group and and uh, let's let's engage in conversations. Let's share with each other our success stories of how we're inspiring other people and and our learnings. What is it that we're learning and how is it that we're growing and and becoming even more effective as as grassroots ambassadors and some of us i know are professional ambassadors so professional ambassadors are those of us who who offer some kind of service in these communities uh, whether like yourself peg somebody's a coach or a chef or a yoga instructor or or 
uh, or the leader of a vegan organization uh, that makes you a professional ambassador. And and we we love to hear from you and we love to hear your contributions to, to support the grassroots ambassadors so that since we're all in this together, let's let's together make a difference. Because personally for me, it's unacceptable that after 75 years, only a couple percent of the world population is actually plant-based and vegan. And, and we it's time to do something about that. And so together we can find more better, more better ways to communicate and and help people help people get somewhere that we know for a fact will benefit them and that's that's the beauty of it we know and and nobody i don't know that i've ever seen anybody who's suffering from being vegans who's who's uh who's who who's not making a big contribution so all right um yeah, so so please post on our Facebook groups and let's have some conversations there and and let's let's create a, a workshop and Peg, let's uh, let's schedule that sometime and uh, to review everybody's benefits and success stories and learn from each other and and learn from you. You've you you have some really wonderful knowledge and leadership here and so appreciate you for sharing it with us. So thank you. So Thank good you. There. So great to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. Namaste, vegan. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Um, and look forward to seeing you in the Facebook groups. And and also, well, of course, seeing you were. So uh, I suppose I should. Um, I, I should mention that we are taking two weeks off on our Saturday uh presentations um so next two weeks being the holidays christmas new years we're we're not going to hold any and oh and absolutely um want to mention and invite everybody to join us in january january our theme is going to be healing relationships so so we are all sad and and hurt by by the damaged relationships we have. And let's let's take a look at what it is that we can do to heal these relationships. So to that end, Dr. Angela Crawford is going to have the keynote in the first Saturday of January. Uh, then we have uh, Ruben Guzman coming on uh, the second Saturday and he's, his topic is is about taking leadership. He's a wonderful executive leadership coach. So he's all about leadership. He's going to talk about taking leadership and healing relationships. And then uh, Marakita Solis is going to be with us the third Saturday uh, talking about empowerment and, and how, to, how to heal relationships in an empowered kind of way. Uh, so definitely join us. We're looking at February. We're, we're scheduling things out into the future. And I'll, I'll give you a little insight here. Our, our theme for February is going to be, being that it's Valentine's day and Valentine's month, it's going to be about loving the animals. And and uh, we're going to take a feature, some of our strategic partners and some of the professionals in our community talking about the different aspects of, of loving the animals and, and what we're doing to do that. And how then to inspire other people, other people who love animals, yet they still eat animals and and figuring, finding ways to, to inspire them to stop stop what they're doing to, to the animals 
they they would probably love so much if they gave themselves a chance to. All right. Well, with that, everybody say goodbye again. And thank you all so very, very much for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Peter Goldstein again, thanking you for joining us on this podcast. I really hope you've gotten some great insights, some information, some tools, some strategies in your mission to inspire hopeful curiosity from a plan-based lifestyle. So thank you again for joining us. Please check us out. We have a community at WeDidIt.Health and we have a channel on YouTube, also WeDidIt.Health. Please join us, subscribe, and I look forward to seeing you again. Thanks. Bye.